Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an Ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. Welcome to the ZeldaCast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. What's up, Al? How's the smoke treating you? Um, no bueno. It's not good. Um, I'm I'm grateful to not be in an area that's on fire, but, like, yeah. the fire is about, like, you guys have a bunch in BC, and we have a bunch in northeastern kind of area, Washington, and uh, honestly, the whole world is on fire right now, but, like, it just sucks, and... It's just like a cloud of smoke, and it's awful. And so my heart goes out to everybody in this this time. It sucks. Yeah, I've seen some pretty uh, pretty gnarly videos uh, of the fires in Kelowna. I haven't seen any of the videos of, of your fires, but I you know I know what they can look like. I know what they can do. Obviously, we have the Maui thing going on right now as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just uh, you know. How about how about taking that climate change seriously? I guess you know, like let's let's start doing something. But yeah, yeah, my heart goes out to everybody that's affected. I I know one of my best friends actually lives in Kelowna, and and I'm thinking that he's about to get evacuated here like any hour. So yeah, uh, you know, thinking yeah. of everybody there. Um, okay, well, we uh, we had to pivot. So I I said this before we started the show uh, over on Twitch.tv forward slash the Zelda cast, which you can check out our live streams every week, by the way. Um, so last week, last week I made a promise. We never, we almost never, we almost never say what we're going to do next week. Almost never. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, you know what? Next week would be a great week to talk about the full story of tears of the kingdom. And it was my intention to do that. However, however, 
I do apologize. We're going to have to delay that episode by two weeks because I forgot that uh, over on ZeldaDungeon.net, we are collaborating between the YouTube team, the podcast team, the writing team, the social team. Everybody is going all in on celebrating the 20th anniversary of The Wind Waker. Now, technically, The Wind Waker released in North America, I want to say back in either March or May, but uh, we had a little game called Tears of the Kingdom coming out in that time. So we decided to give uh, Wind Waker a little bit more space to breathe give it its August time slot where it could have a little bit more of the attention once the buzz from Tears of the Kingdom had died down. So we are going to, um, I promise we're going to do that episode. I still have a lot of stuff I want to say about the story. We're going to get there, but you got to wait two weeks because we are, uh, actually, I almost hesitate to say what we're doing next week because, you know, this happened to me on Omega too. Just in case. (laughs) I said on Omega, I was like, yeah, we're doing an episode where Dak and Doom are going to give their story pitches for, for Metroid Dread. And then Doom's desk fell apart or something like that. And we had to delay that episode a week. Yeah. So this is twice in one week that I've had to be like, yeah, you know that show I said we were going to do? We're not doing it. Uh, So I am sorry. But next week, speaking of, we're going to bring Doom and his new desk on this show and his his PhD in in audio uh, to to talk about the the music of Tears of the Kingdom. But this week, yeah, this week we, you know, this is going to be the first show in months. That's not about Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm excited about this. Um, it's It's been a while since we've talked about the Wind Waker, so I'm excited too. And um, I also just like for future hopping, I'm excited for next week's episode too when we talk about music. Because I was thinking today about Colgare's theme. And like I kind of hope that it wins Musical March Madness next year. That's, that's the thought Ooh. I had about that. So I'm excited to talk about that next week. But this week... Yeah, let's let's talk some. It's been a while, you know. It's actually been a while since I played Wind Waker, so I'm like, yeah, maybe me this too. Get me hyped to replay it. Yep, it's uh, it's been a long time for me, and uh, I, I I'm excited to just, you know, this is going to be a show where we just kind of are more more. You know, usually we sort of kind of have a little bit of a format or bullet points about what we want to talk about, and we kind of do for this. But like, I think it's just going to be more memories and recollections and and just uh good times playing wind waker but before we get there al before we get there i have an important question for you oh okay do you know where i'm going with this i don't think i i do know where you're going with this i don't think i'm ready to answer i have an answer but it it may change so let's go tell the people what i'm about to ask you so i told andy yesterday (laughs) that i started playing final fantasy 7 i start i'm doing the remake but this is my first Final Fantasy game ever. First time playing Final Fantasy VII. And he asked me if I'm Team Tifa or Team Aerith. And I had no idea because I only just started it. And I'm about 10 hours in. I still have no idea because I only just got back to, like, I met Aerith for the second time. And mm. I only just started hanging out with her. So I don't really know her. She seems kind of fruity. But... I definitely really like Tifa, so I think right now I'm Team Tifa, and we'll see how I feel at the end. Right. Um, you know what? I love Aerith. I really do, but I'm, I'm Team Tifa as well. She's uh, she's a sweetheart, but so, so is Aerith. You can't, you know. I, I, you can kind of tell, like, they have a history. Like, Tifa and Cloud, they have a history. They're close, and they have a good connection. And I, you can kind of tell, like, a good connection would come from Cloud and Aerith, too. But I just, I, I like that they have a history together. So I feel, I feel like I like Tifa more at the moment. Yeah. We'll see. Um, okay, one last thing before we get going on today's show. 
When you are listening to this podcast in podcast form, it will be the 21st of August, which is my anniversary. So I wanted to shout out to my beautiful wife, Sam. Happy anniversary to Andy and Sam. Yay. And I think she's in the comments right now. And uh, since I'm, since this is what I do, here's a cheap plug. If you want to check out patreon.com forward slash (laughs) SPNet, Sam and I started our own podcast and we are, uh, we're actually recording an episode on, uh, it's about movies. So it's just movies that we watch and we're recording an episode on Barbenheimer in like either today or tomorrow. So I'm excited about that, actually. I kind of want to yeah. hear about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be because uh, we had some very different opinions on those movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, happy anniversary. Okay, let's rock and roll here. So we are, as mentioned, celebrating 20 years, 20 years of The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. And God, uh, I feel old. <laughs> I feel old because I remember... Before this game was announced, I remember it coming out. I remember the buildup. I remember the, the backlash. I remember I remember everything about this game. This was kind of like my peak formulative years where I would say that like for me, it was right around in the GameCube era where, where I was kind of going from like someone that really liked to play video games into like someone who like really had like a, a very serious passion for for playing video games and it was like clearly something that was going to be almost like a, a part of me you know what i mean like going forward and um and wind waker was wasn't quite at the precipice of that but it but like it was it was in that conversation like ocarina of time i've talked about how that game for me was like kind of the one that that took me from like yeah video games are really fun to to play to like wow this is like art and and to you know something something different and then it was super metroid and then it was uh then it was Metroid Prime, and then Skies of Arcadia, and then I caught up on, like, the Final Fantasies, but, like, Wind Waker was right there, and this was another game that was just so, like, unbelievably daring, you know, I I think that, you know, you can say anything you want about Wind Waker, but this game had... Guts. It it had guts. I was gonna say stones. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's just, there, there was almost nothing like it, um, well, I, like visually there was nothing like it, but just like the, the, the courage that, that Nintendo showed with this game is, is I think still so impressive. And, and Al, I think that we should go back to the very, very, very beginning before, before Wind Waker was even a twinkle in Nintendo's eye and, uh, and talk about what I think everybody expected. And that was the Space World 2000 demo between uh, of, of Link fighting Ganondorf. I think we've all seen it. I think we've all, uh, you know, seen that that amazing footage with Ganon which, with his cool sword, and it looked awesome. And um, this was a, a tech demo, essentially, to show off the power of the GameCube. And I think that a lot of people um, assumed, and, and rightfully so, like I, I think that you could very naturally assume that that was going to be the art style and presentation of the next big Zelda game on on the GameCube and uh mm-hmm. I remember watching that and just being like oh this looks so cool this looks so great and uh and then you know obviously we got that left turn but did you do you remember like am I am I aging myself even more here or do you remember that Space World demo I don't um oh no <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of funny I was talking to Goo the other day about like my upbringing with video games um because he was asking me about Nintendo 64 stuff um and I skipped 
N64 era went straight into, like, we had an SNES, we bought it at yard sale, and, like, had a few of those games that were bought at the yard sale, and then we, like, begged our parents for the N64 and never got it, but we got a GameCube for Christmas, and there's, keep in mind, there's, like, six of us kids playing this GameCube, so even, even in that time, I didn't have much time spent playing video games because I had to share it with my brothers, and so I wasn't as involved as I think you were at the time. So right. I didn't see that kind of, I didn't like go out of my way to pay attention to that kind of stuff. It's just we happened to get that collector's edition Zelda for the GameCube that had the Wind Waker demo on it, and that was my intro. So it's kind of like hard for me to say like the 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 conception of this game. I I, I wasn't present for that really. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I remember, um, I remember being a teenager when, uh, when that demo came out and I was like, this is, this is super cool. And, and at the time, um, we're, we're fast forwarding a little bit here, but at the time I was, I was kind of like getting, like getting involved with like online forums and stuff like that. This is the, the era of dial up modem and stuff. Like you, mm-hmm. you had like an hour on the internet per night kind of thing before your parents kicked you off cause they needed to use the phone lines. And so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I would go on and I would go, uh, my first forum website was gamecubeland.com. It was run by a guy named Matthew who, uh, who uh, made a great website. And, um, and eventually I, I, I made my way over to, to gamefacts.com as well, where they had like those, those character contests that they used to have. Um, and I was, I was on the message boards there and stuff like that. And I think I was settling, you know, like at the time I'd been a Nintendo kid all my life. Uh, at that time, I didn't have a PlayStation. I didn't. And, and I was kind of like Xbox, like this thing's like Microsoft sucks. Like this is just a, a lame, like this, this is garbage. This is a real video games. So I was like, I was of the age where I was, I was like a fanboy. I was like the Nintendo fanboy. And uh, I remember it was, it was almost devastating in a way when Wind Waker was announced because, uh, you know, be being a, a, a younger teenager, I think you're a little bit insecure in what you like. You want to make sure that it's cool. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that anybody expected what we got when the Wind Waker was officially revealed, which was a complete 180 of that awesome art style that we had seen in Space World. It was not the same as Majora's Mask, not the same as Ocarina of Time. It was it was like a, a a living cartoon, like a moving cartoon, and like I I think that everybody could see that it looked beautiful, but like it was I remember almost being like a little embarrassed, being like oh geez like come on like Nintendo I'm <laughs> I'm on the forums here battling for you and you and you gave me this this kitty looking Zelda game and that was the buzzword um, for a lot of it was kitty I remember that was thrown yeah. around a lot and um that used to make me so upset but like. But I remember just kind of being like my initial reaction to it. I think if I was being honest, I didn't really like it, but I was defending it, being like, "This looks so good. It looks so good." Uh, so that <laughs> okay. you know that that was my that was my initial thought on on the art style, which sounds like ridiculous saying it now. But you yeah. know, when when you're like thirteen, fourteen, I that was my mindset. That makes sense. I mean, so I was ten when we got that GameCube, and. My brothers and I immediately jumped into Ocarina of Time. We played that on the GameCube, and then we did Majora's Mask because, naturally, that's the next game. And then we were like, okay, what's this Wind Waker game like? We were we were trying to do things kind of, like, in order. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, what is this? So we, like, open it up to play it. It's a 20-minute demo, and you could decide to be, like, 
at the Forsaken Fortress or on Dragon Roost Island for 20 minutes, and then they cut you off. So um, we didn't. We were kind of like, this is like weird looking. This is strange. It doesn't play the same, and it's just because we went immediately, like I said, from Ocarina Majora to Wind Waker. So it was definitely like just like a hard left for us. We didn't know how we felt, but we, what we wound up doing was like we're like, yeah, this game's kind of lame, but we get twenty minutes. Like, who can make it the farthest? Yeah. Yeah. You know. So we made it a game with me and my brothers to see who can make it the farthest, and so you know. That's that was the intro I had to Wind Waker. So I wouldn't say we had like super strong feelings about it. I I feel like I was like, yeah, I don't like this. It's like it's different and weird and I don't like change and I'm 10, so I'm just going to not like this, but mm-hmm. I guess I'll play it with my brothers, you know. So that's that that was my intro to Wind Waker. I didn't it didn't like affect me because I didn't see that demo and I didn't see like I didn't grow with the series like some other people have. So I can imagine it was definitely not a great feeling to go from such awesome games like wind waker and majora's mask in the early years of those games to wind waker and be like uh what is this yeah and like i i just i remember being a, a staunch supporter of it on like you know the online forums and stuff like that but and it was almost one of those like fake it till you make it things because uh, of course i eventually did end up loving it um, but I, I was just kind of like, oh man, like, I, I don't know if like, I, I love this presentation. It's, it's very mm-hmm. different. And, um, and truthfully, I remember being super excited for Twilight Princess that when that trailer was released, cause I was like, oh, this is what I want, which is yeah. ironic now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> and, and keep in mind too, like, so my, my primary, uh, source of, of news about video games at the time because the the forums were were there and like there there were websites but it was it was kind of like the early days of that so like my primary source of news was like um like your egm like electronic gaming monthly and like the other video game magazines and what those couldn't offer you was like seeing this game in motion because i think if you see a screenshot it doesn't do it justice you're just kind of like yeah it looks looks fine but when you Mm -hmm. see it in motion and the the fluidity that's when you're just like wow this looks great and mm-hmm. um, so I like I never really saw a whole lot of the Wind Waker actually like being played. It was more so like the screenshots and, and the occasional trailer, which there was no YouTube at the time either. Right. So, it's yeah, like, you had to download it. And I'm using my my dad's like dial up in Windows 98 <laughs> computer to do so. Yeah. So I was like, you know, it's, you didn't always necessarily want to go ahead and invest two hours to do it to watch like a two minute video. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember um, just kind of being like, oh, geez, but but definitely defending it it definitely i hated the the whole kitty thing and uh when people call it Zelda and stuff like that and yeah. um and, and yeah i just i remember it being like a game that made me almost like very fiercely nintendo loyalist i guess interesting like, that's yeah. a, such an interesting turn there i i feel like it made a lot of people not like nintendo and not like zelda yeah at least initially at least initially i think I think it got a bad rap, unfortunately, for the time. I think it did, but I, I think that it was very quickly... When that game came out, it was very quickly, like... It had a It tremor. went away. Yeah, it went away. Mm-hmm. But before... And, you know, one of the reasons, I think, for that, too, which I wanted to bring up as well, is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker had the... I don't think there's anything that's ever been better than this. The best pre-order bonus ever. Like, ever. I remember, I remember pre-ordering Metroid Prime... I'm picking up Metroid Prime, and I got, like, a, a t-shirt with Samus on it, and I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. This is the best pre-order bonus I've ever got. 
And like, I was like, this never get better than this. And then like in a couple, in a couple months later, if you pre-ordered the Wind Waker, you got a full bonus game, Ocarina of Time on your GameCube, which was incredible. But that, that wasn't even it. You got Ocarina of Time and you got Ocarina of Time Master Quest on your GameCube, on a GameCube disc for for free. Wow. That's insane. It was like, imagine that now. No, I, that no, it would not. That would not happen. <laughs> no, and it's it's not like you got a download digital copy. It was like they give you like a a disc, like a wow, like a physical disc and a case, and it was free, and it came with the game. And I just like I was so blown away at that. That again, I think that's almost one of the moments where I went from like I'm I'm like defending Wind Waker because I have to to like this is awesome, like this rocks. I feel like I'm trying to like make an equivalent of that in my head, like. Say you pre-ordered Tears of the Kingdom and they gave you like the port of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess to the Switch or something. I yeah. feel like that's the equivalent today. Um, it would be, yeah, it, it would be like if you bought Metroid Dread and they were just like, here's a physical copy on the the Switch of Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. Look, mm. and, and here, like, here's a here's an extra bonus mode to go along with it. It like. Yeah. It, it was it was wild that that they offered that and I never forgot that but it was it was the best pre-order that I think that are that has ever been for any video game that I've ever gotten and nice. um, and of course the game actually comes out and then I think immediately I think immediately people were just like they forgot about the they forgot about the visuals and were just like this looks incredible this runs incredible this looks unlike anything else it released to almost universal acclaim actually I remember. EGM gave the game. I don't know if you're familiar with this magazine or not, but the, the way that they used to do their reviews, Al, is for big games they would have three people review the game, and uh, they'd give they're like little like two three paragraph blurbs or whatever. But like they would give a score, and if it was like an average of eight, you'd get I think it was like a silver. Um, if you had an average of of nine, you would get a a gold, and then if you got three tens you'd get a platinum and Metroid prime mm. had got the platinum and legend of Zelda, the wind waker had got a 10, a 10 and some dude gave it a 9.5. And this poor dude got like harassed oh, on, no. online, like nobody's <laughs> business. So those, getting, that sounds fun though. Like getting yeah. those magazines. I wish I had gotten into that when I was a kid. It didn't. Uh, so it didn't get the platinum, but it did get universal acclaim and, and people loved it. And, and rightfully so. Like, again, I, I think like, I, I, in a way, I feel like this game almost made me, like, this is going to sound cheesy, but I feel like it almost, like, made me more confident in, like, the things that I like. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Like, I liked, I, I liked the game. I was, like, I liked the art style, and I was, like, you know what? I don't care if this is supposed to be kiddie or not. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is a great game to play. And, you know, like, also, like, I feel like things were kind of swinging in favor of the nerds at that point. Like comics were kind of becoming cool and and I liked comics and like Batman and Spider-Man and stuff like that. And like, you know, like all these things that were, you know, were still, there was almost still that little stigma of like, if you liked video games, you were kind of a nerd back then. And Mm -hmm. this game, because it's like, you'd been flamed for so long by these Xbox guys and these PlayStation guys. And it's like, you know what? I do like this game and it does look like a cartoon and I don't care, you know? And mm-hmm. I and I credit Wind Waker with that because eventually I I did reach a point where I was just like no this game is sweet like I and I don't care what you say and by the way I like JRPGs and by the way I like like comic books and I like you know yeah uh, I I I watch Pokemon if it's on TV like who cares <laughs> yeah 
That's awesome. I'm so like beyond the demo. I know for sure that we got the game. I don't think we bought it. Like our parents didn't really have a lot of money to buy stuff, but I'm we either borrowed it for somebody from somebody or rented it at like mm. Blockbuster, something like that. And I remember playing it with my brothers, but either we didn't make it very far or it just didn't have a lasting impression on me at the time. Um, because it, I don't have too many memories. Not like when we played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask together. I like have that ingrained in my memory. But Wind Waker, what I mostly remember is the twenty minute demo. I know we played it later, but like right. I said, it didn't. It didn't have like a lasting impression on me when I was younger. It did when I was older, though. Right. Um. So I would I would say almost something similar in in my case because like. I played it and and I I liked it a lot and and we'll talk about some of the things that I think are like amazing about the game but um I don't remember I don't remember playing it and just being like this is like an amazing like 10 out of 10 wonderful mm-hmm. game like I I knew I liked it a lot it wasn't it wasn't like the the pinnacle and and I just come off playing like a couple games that like completely blew me away I've mentioned Metroid Prime a couple times that one obviously um, and, and right before Wind Waker came out, actually, there was a game called Skies of Arcadia Legends on the GameCube, which I just bought on a whim. I, I was like, eh, I need something to hold me over till Wind Waker. And I convinced my dad to buy it for me with his uh, Superstore reward points. And so he bought it. <laughs> and this this little RPG completely blew me away. It was my game of the year that year. It's one of my favorite nice. games ever. Um, so while I, really li- like, while I really liked the Wind Waker, I, I knew it wasn't like... Like, I knew when I was playing it, it wasn't, like, Ocarina of Time to me, but it was still, like, the quality and, like, everything that I knew that I already loved about Zelda. Because at, at the time, I think I had pretty much caught up with every Zelda game except for the first two on NES. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it was, like, I was, I was like, man, this this series is, like, awesome. Like, every one of these games is, is wicked. And it, it this is just another another really solid, really fun, really amazing entry into that series for me. Mm-hmm. I would say the moment it really hit for me, and it was actually one of the few games that really got me back into the Zelda series when I was an adult and could play games on my own and have, like, as much time as I wanted. Because, like I said, I had a bazillion siblings and we could only play for 30 minutes each. So, (laughs) Um, is in 2013, a friend of mine let me borrow their Link Between Worlds. And I was like, oh, God, that game was so good. I remember Zelda being so good. Like, I need to go get more Zelda games. So I went to the store... And they had the Wind Waker HD uh, special Wii U. And so I bought that Wii U, got Wind Waker HD, started playing that immediately. And I was like, oh my god, this game is so beautiful. And it's so much fun. Like, I don't remember <laughs> this being so incredible. Yeah. And of course, I, I uh, also replayed Skyward Sword, gave that a second chance, and was like, oh my god, this game is so incredible. So I feel like once I was an adult and could like think more critically and like have more... Um, more of my own feelings about things like I was starting to understand that these these games were incredible and so like Wind Waker and A Link Between Worlds and Skyward Sword got me back into the Zelda series like and like uh for the last 10 years I've been part of this community and like insane mm-hmm. about Zelda so I really have like Wind Waker HD of course to 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 thank for that because it's like one of those games where I was like oh my god Zelda is so good like I forgot yeah yeah I uh you know when we do 20 years of Skyward Sword, I almost have a similar story because I, I feel like I'd fallen off a little bit and Skyward Sword mm-hmm. is the one that, that got me back. But uh, no, I, yeah. I think that's like, I think that's great. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's just great to hear. Um, but yeah, I like, so so talking about this, we, we could talk about the actual game a little bit here too. 
I think like one of the things that I thought that Wind Waker did, uh, Wind Waker does a lot of things exceptionally well. Um, but one of them that I think was really, really good that stuck out to me, like even at the time, was the story of the game. And and I think that like Zelda wasn't quite known for its story back then. You could argue it's still not known for its story today. But like, <laughs> you know, Ocarina of Time had been really good. Uh, Majora's Mask had been really good. But the other ones were kind of like, you know, the, the story was secondary to, to everything else that was going on in those games. And mm. um, I think you could say the same thing about Wind Waker. But I just like, I remember like... And, and I guess it's hard to talk about the story without talking about the graphics in, in the same hand because they're really, you know, two sides of the same coin. But, like, like the, the characters just felt, like, so alive and so, like, um, I don't know. Like, they just popped to me. Like, they felt like like real characters. And maybe, maybe it is because they looked all, like, so insane and, like, Snot Boy and, like, the, <laughs> the yeah. crazy cast of characters and, like, the, the way that they looked like these little bobblehead guys. Like, it was... Uh, it was, it was just like, it was super charming and it was like watching a, a cartoon in motion. And like, it, it really was like watching like a great cartoon where you're just like, oh man, like that, that guy cracks me up or whatever. Like that's, mm-hmm. that was kind of my impression of Wind Waker. And, and I think one of the most, um, one of the coolest things that it does is it, it kind of goes from like, it has this very classic style cartoon villain, I think at the beginning with like this big mm-hmm. bird, like that's, the, that's the kind of like. A big bird would be like a villain in like Looney Tunes or something like that, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and, and I think that the way that they like kind of slowly pivot as the game goes from like this big bird and, and actually, you know what, who's controlling this big bird? It's actually like, it's actually like this pretty sinister dude that you fought before named Ganondorf and his mm-hmm. Ganondorf's design was so awesome. God, he looks awesome. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Like the way that it kind of like slowly twists the story and like, it starts off charming and funny and and whimsical at the beginning and it gets darker and darker and darker and the game kind of reflects that a little bit when you get to Hyrule Castle when you get to the final confrontation with Ganondorf when you when you get to like some of the, like the, like the Earth Temple the, I really like the way that Wind Waker is able to still have everything that pops characters and and visuals and worlds like that but like I don't know it's almost like it can switch tones on on a whim and it's like man, like, the, you know, you look at this game and you're like, I, I don't think this game should be able to produce, like, these heavy emotional moments because of its mm-hmm. art style, but it really it really does. Yeah, it makes me think of, like, um, of, like, cartoon shows that, you know, it's clearly made for kids, same with Wind Waker, but then there's, like, really deep undertones in story that you're just like, oh my god, this is supposed to be for kids? Like, this yeah. is deep as an adult. And so I think Wind Waker does that really well. And it's, like, a gradual thing, too, because initially you kind of, like, it's kind of like a standard adventure. Your sister's kidnapped. You gotta go save her and all that kind of stuff. But then you, like, start to learn more about Ganondorf and, like, Hyrule being flooded and, like, the history and why was it flooded? Like, the gods just said F it and flooded everything and all that kind of stuff. You learn more about that. And the king's sacrifice, too, at the end. And it's just like, dang, this is, like, if I, like, obviously, when I played this as a kid, it went right over my head. But Mm -hmm. as an adult, you're just like, whoa, this is actually kind of, like, intense, you know? Yeah. So, and I think Wind Waker did that really well. I, um, and like in a way that like really flowed, I think that's something we've been missing from Zelda lately is we've had very choppy story elements. Mm. And so it like, we're missing a natural flow to story that Wind Waker did well, that Skyward Sword did well. And I'd really like to see that come back. 
I agree. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Um, yeah. And like, like I, I think you nailed it actually. Like when I was playing it as a kid, like everything that I just described, like that slow turn, I, I don't think I really picked up on it. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think like maybe subliminally I did. And, but like not, it wasn't until like later playthroughs that I was just like, this story is like really great. And there's a lot of like, like amazing moments, I think scattered throughout the story that, uh, like, I, I think like, Man, when they shoot Link out of that cannon, that's one of the best. That's probably the funniest yeah. scene in the entire series. It's, it's pretty so, funny, yeah. It's so it's charming. It's adult too. It's so good the way he just like plonks against the wall and like <laughs> his the transition from like Tetra looking at him to Link being in that cannonball. He's like ah, like it's it's so good. Uh, it, it, by the way, that was I. I could be, I could be wrong. I, I think I am wrong, actually. I was about to say that Forsaken Fortress was the first time that you really did stealth in the series, which isn't true, but I think it is true. It You've never done stealth like that in the series. It, I don't think so. Like, you probably snuck around a little bit beforehand, but not like, not like that. Not like that. Yeah. I mean, you had like Gerudo training grounds, you had yeah. the pirate fortress, but like, not, not like that. It was, it was very cool and very different. You could be in barrels, you could like crawl yeah. around and stuff. And there was like searchlights. It was yeah, very it was Metal different. Gear Solid. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, so I love that moment. I think, like, obviously the the moment uh, where, you know, the the boat, the King of Red Lions, turns into who he turns into is pretty yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, it's got some of those great scenes, like saying goodbye to Grandma and, like, the, fi- the final confrontation with Ganondorf and Zelda and Link is amazing. Like, amazing. It's so epic, especially when you consider the fact that literally, like, two seconds before Link and Zelda really mm. take up arms against him, he's, like, backhanding Link across the way, and it's like, this is a really big dude that a little 10-year-old kid is trying to take on. And then, like, Link, he's like, musters up his courage, and he's able to actually go one-on-one with this guy. But, like, if you really think about it, it's just, like, it's like me looking at a seven-foot dude, just be like, oh, God, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so... And he crushes him too with that. So that's a great, that's a great moment as well at the end when mm-hmm. he's just like, ah, he comes down. Spoilers for Final Fantasy VII now, but uh, there's what? something. There's <laughs> oh come on, like you don't know this spoiler. It's one of the, it's the oldest I, spoiler in the history of video I games. I literally know nothing about any Final Fantasy games. I've avoided it my whole life. So All hey, right. now I have something to look forward to. But anyways, all right. Well, that, that was a no context spoiler. Don't you worry about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just like. I think the story was was so great. I do have a little bit of a problem with one of the elements of the story that I, I did want to bring up. Um, I, I do think it's kind of, and I didn't notice this as a kid, but I, you do as an adult. I, I do think it's kind of a little bit disappointing, the transformation of Tetra to Zelda. Um, I think like, I don't know, it, it's kind of like a weird whitewashing of this character that you've grown really fond of that has all these like personality traits and and uh, she's like a completely different character when she turns into Zelda, and, and I don't know. I guess you could argue that there's some some similarities, but I think that like that one kind of sticks out to me as one that I haven't liked as much as as I've got older. But uh, on the flip side of that, like I feel like the rest of the story, it's just like there's a there's a whimsy and there's a simplicity and there's a a charm to it, and there's mm-hmm. a charm to this game in general that I think just like permeates the whole thing. And and again. Like I said, it goes hand in hand with the visuals and the story because, like, it's just it feels very alive. Even though there's like really not that much in this game, like in terms of like people and land, which we'll talk about in a second. But like, <laughs> what's there? It, like, it, it does. It feels like very alive. 
I feel like I gotta defend Tetra Zelda a little bit, and I think I've done this on the show before, but, like, imagine you've been living your whole life as, like, this pirate, you know, captain head of, like, this pirate crew, your mother left you some clues to some, like, massive treasure, the Triforce, you probably don't know exactly what you're looking for, you just know your mother set you on that path. Um, you're the boss and all that kind of stuff and this like ratty kid is in your way but also you're like you could use him it's fine and then all of a sudden you're told that you're like this princess of a long lost kingdom that's been flooded it's gonna take you a second to like really grasp what the heck just happened I feel like she comes to at the end where she's just like he's like okay you know what let's let's kick this guy's ass like we got this she does yeah, she comes okay. back a little bit and you can kind of see her her character a little bit in Phantom Hourglass too, because that's a continuation of her. And she she totally takes back on the Tetra garb, and she's like she's like, yeah, I might be a princess, but I'm still Tetra. So I feel like hmm. I feel like it kind of like she had this like really monumental psychological thing happen to her that she was just like, I need a minute to like process what happened here. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, def I'll defend Tetra. <laughs> I, I like that you're defending that, it, I, and that's valid. I just like for me, I I watch it like now, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Again, like when you're a kid, you don't you don't have like the the emotional maturity to really con like yeah grasp all that. So you're just like, oh well, they just nerfed Tetra, like meh, you when, know. When you're a kid, you're just like, damn, like that Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> and it like it it really was close to like Sheik becoming Zelda too, mm -hmm. like almost like the same kind of idea. Um, oh, but I would say Sheik was more like a like a clear disguise. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that being said, I I really love the story. I think I think you could make. I mean, it's so subjective, but like you could make I think a really really good argument that this has the best music of the series. I if you made that argument, mm -hmm. I'd have a lot of time to listen to that. Because yeah. like you go down the list, like that title theme, Dragon Roost, uh, the Earth Temple, you know the the great the Great Sea is a good track. It's just you hear it a lot. Um, yeah, you know, there's like there's just great so, hummability on that one. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, that's a good metric actually to to measure by. There, I would say I would always argue that Wind Waker and Skyward Sword are probably the best soundtracks of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'd have a lot of time for. I like to be honest. There's like half a dozen games i'd have a lot of time to listen to that argument but like wind waker would be near the top of the list because like mm -hmm. and, and you know what the thing about the wind waker title theme is I, I like i always liked it but i i feel like it wasn't until we started doing musical march madness at the website and um just listening to that and then just like you know kind of humming along and then mm -hmm. uh i'm skipping ahead a little bit here but i eventually it took me a long time but eventually i did play wind waker hd and I, I just feel like that was a moment because I would turn it on and then kind of get my stuff ready. And I was just like, I wasn't pressing start because I just wanted to mm -hmm. listen to it. It's just right. That, that theme just makes me smile. And it's just so I it, it's just it's a classic like it's and it's but it's not like it doesn't rely on the classic like Zelda themes or anything like that. Like it's mm -hmm. it's like even Ballad of the Goddess, which we both love like that. That's kind of an inversion of a, of a classic Zelda song. Not that I think a lot of people would know that, but like. You know, it. This is just like a whole new thing, and it sounds so incredible. Yeah, it's like it's a sound that, and it's like a music genre that you hear it and it makes you happy. At least, yeah, I feel from the majority of people, you just like feel instant happiness. Maybe get a little bit like of the goosebumps, or just you just feel light and elated and warm because it's like such a it's such a 
whimsical, charming little tune, and it's got some Celtic vibes, and I've always felt that way listening to Celtic music, so it's just like, it, it just transports you and makes you feel happy. So yeah, I agree. I would always like sit on the title screen too, because I just wanted to listen to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's so good, and I think uh, when you look at it by the key metrics, it's got hummability, it's got happy yep. ability, it's got warm <laughs> ability, like it's got everything that you need. It's yep. a great tune, and it's certainly not the only one from this game that that oh, kind of fits that yeah. criteria. Like mm-hmm. uh, like Dragon Roost, I think is was was like an immediately uh, an iconic track. Like as soon mm-hmm. as it debuted, um, yep. it sounded so good. So yeah, like the the music is another thing that they absolutely just nailed out of the park. Um, and you know what I would say as well is I think that, uh, before, before Breath of the Wild came out, cause I think Breath of the Wild surpassed Wind Waker in this, but like, I think before Breath of the Wild, this game had arguably the biggest sense of exploration or like adventure perhaps in the series, because like it, to me, it kind of felt like, like, you know, you can run around Hyrule Field and Ocarina of Time and, and that's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that's a, that's, it feels like you're exploring as well, but it feels like you're exploring like where you're supposed to, like you're, you're in, mm-hmm. you're in this field and it has its boundaries and stuff like that. Whereas in Wind Waker, to me, like I always had this feeling that like, I'd be that, like, there's almost nothing like this feeling when you're on your boat, it's night or day or whatever, but it's still. Like everything's still around you. You can't really see anything. Um, it's just just ocean. And you're like, am I supposed to be here? Like, is am I like about to sail off the, the edge of the game map or something like that? Or like, yeah. uh, it's just the way that Wind Waker would constantly do that where like you were just on the map and in, and in your boat and you kind of had like a, a, some agency over how you were traveling. And at the time, you know, it, it, it got tired, you know, admittedly after a while, but like at the time it was very cool to like, feel like you're actually sailing by like having the wind kind of direct you and, and your sail and everything like that. And like, you know, it, it just was like, it's a feeling that very few other Zelda games have, have been able to do where it's just like, you're just quietly exploring and there's like, there's either nothing or all this stuff on the horizon. And it's just, uh, it's an incredible feeling. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think if you were to ask me now, I would probably say that I think Wind Waker has like too much water for its own good. Could it yeah. use could use a little <laughs> bit more land. Right. But I don't think at the time I got to that destination. I was just like, this is so cool. And this it felt mm-hmm. massive at the time. Like this world just felt massive. And I don't know. It's just uh there's nothing quite like it. Even Breath of the Wild, like it's it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. I would say that um I I always would defend Wind Waker and say that it had plenty of, like, things to explore and plenty of stuff to do and that the world wasn't empty because that's what a lot of people said. It's too much water. It's empty. And I think as I got older, maybe I would agree a little bit that it is too much water. But I feel like the way that they created this ocean is you've got, like, a chart and you got seven across, seven down, these blocks. And so every block has an island. Every block has a treasure chest buried in the water. Every block has a, um, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it has, like, this, like, mast thing that has, like, a platform so that you can fight enemies and get, like, treasures from that. Um, every single block had, like, a collection of items, so you could explore also the ocean, not just the land in that block. And everything was kind of different, or, like, there was, like, those, um, 
those special aisles that looked like dice, you know? Yeah. You, you knew you were like, oh, I'm on the six eye aisle or whatever the heck it was called, you know? The six eye reef. Yeah. See, I was in Wind Waker trivia, Al. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, or you have, like, other ships out there. You have other people that are sailing around. You have constant enemies. Probably have the giant squids. You have fairies that pop up in the middle so there was like it, it tons felt, of it treasure felt, too yeah it may have felt empty but there was like stuff going on so like i feel like they tried and every block had something for you to explore so mm. i appreciate that and it's been a long time since i've like 100 percented that game and i kind of feel like i would want to do it again just to kind of grasp like how how much is you know we talk about Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild and some stuff, it feels like it's too much, right? I feel like maybe Wind Waker didn't go that route. I think they did just the right amount for you not to get bored, you know? I would agree with that. I think, like, like it feels like, um, and again, like, I, I think now, if you were to ask me again, I would say, like, yeah, I could have used, like, another big island, like a Dragon Roost or, like, a Forest Haven or something like yeah. that. Or, or another dungeon or something like that. But like, even playing it now, like, it, it is, like, it's just, like, there's a lot packed into those tiles and but it's not like superfluous content like like tears of the kingdom where there's a, a gajillion like or even you could argue like even phantom hourglass where there's all these like ship parts and stuff like that like yeah there's like there's stuff that you collect and some of it's treasure and you don't have to which is great and some of it is like very you know like very very welcome to collect and it's and it's not like insurmountable if you wanted to go the 100 route to to do this mm-hmm. um so I really think that like it does a very good job of just, just I, I, like having that that open world that's that's small enough where you can still it's still manageable, but you you still mm-hmm. you don't feel like shackled down or chained or just being like like oh man like I I wish that I you know I, I wish that I could go over there or do this or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and it you know it's it is like it's still that that feeling that like when you're on the boat. And you're in a you're in a square or a tile. You haven't mapped it. You don't know what's there, and you see land, and you're just like, "Wow, okay, sweet." Like, what's it gonna be this time? Is it gonna be uh, uh, a pirate stronghold, or like I got my cannon, and it's time for like a Pirates of the Caribbean battle, or <laughs> is it like a nice little villa where I can go and hang out, or am I finding like the Forest Haven, like you know, mm-hmm. or am I finding like something incredible, or or the ghost ship, like that? There's there's a lot of like really really cool stuff, uh, and you know yep. what? We haven't even talked about the combat, which actually I didn't even write down in my notes. But like, the the combat in this game is like very very fluid. Like, very it's one fluid. of my favorite because it like it it's so smooth. I think this is like yeah. the best roll in the series. You know how a lot of people like to roll around as Link, right? Well, and I, I realize that you can't do that in Breath of the Wild and Tears, which is, is odd. But, like, it has the most smoothest, like, follow-through of a role ever. And, like, combat is probably my one of my more favorites because of, like, like you said, how fluid it is. But also when you get into those big battles and the music jumps in with you, like, every time you strike, the music does something w- with your combat. I think that's awesome. Corey called it something years ago. I just can't remember what it was. But it's super cool. Um, man, just like, I've never had as good of a time fighting Dark Nuts in a single Zelda game as I have in yeah. Wind Waker. Like, oh, yes. Like, the way yeah, that you just awesome. roll to the side, and it's like, it's like you're a figure skater. You're, like, rolling, jumping up, spinning, you're slashing. It looks so fluid. It looks so, 
amazing. And, and again, something only the Wind Waker could do with that art style as well. So mm-hmm. um, it just, it, it feels fantastic. And you know what? It had a, it had a lot of great new items as well. Like the Deku leaf, like the, the grappling hook, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like some, some cool stuff that you, that you got to play with. Yep. I agree. It it's definitely has some like, it has like really good replayability too. Like mm. for those reasons, like it's got a good story. It's got great music. The combat's nice and fluid. The exploring does isn't too much. So like I feel like Wind Waker has like awesome replayability. Yeah. Um, okay. So so Wind Waker comes out. Everybody loves it. I don't know that it quite won a bunch of Game of the Year awards uh, that year. I think. I think that was the year of like Morrowind and uh, Knights of the oh. Old Republic and and like there was some really quality games that came out that year and I think I think at that point people were almost like fatigued on Zelda where they're like God this we can't give this series another game of the year we did it with Ocarina of Time we did it with the Link to the Past we did it with Maj- like we can't we got to do something else so I don't know mm-hmm. that it came out to like like it came out to universal critical acclaim but I I think it was like like a solid like nine out of 10 kind of release, which, which is fantastic, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the game comes out and, and I think that, so I kind of asked the question to myself when I was thinking of this game, I was like, what, what did like wind waker, what do I think wind waker does better or different that no other Zelda game has done? And I think my answer to that is it's legacy actually, where like, I, I think that if you were to look at the leg and maybe that could change with breath of the wild coming out i don't know but if you're to look at the legacy of the wind waker almost immediately like almost immediately after that game came out there was like two distinct legend of zelda styles like this this style was here to stay and not only was this style here to stay it was like it was like toon link became like its own character like almost like like toon link mm-hmm. was in super smash bros yeah like the in, in 2008 and like there was like a bunch of Wind Waker specific stages um, that were in that game, and like Toon Link merch was everywhere, and it still is everywhere. And it's like a mm-hmm. very like I I would I would venture a guess it's probably easier to find Toon Link merchandise than it is regular Link merchandise, um, <laughs> which yeah. kind of shows you the the durability of that design and and how it like just connected with with people who may who may have hated it at you know when it first was announced like. Like me, I wouldn't say I hated it, but you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think like in just creating a distinct and separate and and just very unique like like visual legacy or style of legacy, I think Wind Waker like that that's kind of its legacy right there in the Zelda series is like is like the the different. It's not it's not like a different. Like you know how there's like 3D and 2D Zelda games. It's almost like the 2D Zelda games became. The, the Wind Instead Waker of branching style. apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you know, it got a, it got a direct sequel. It got Phantom Hourglass right mm-hmm. away, which at the time I don't think almost ever happens. Like you could say, you could say Majora's Mask was a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time, but you know, they're they're not. It's not like they're like direct direct. Where like Phantom Hourglass is like a direct sequel that took place after. Uh, which now, of course, we have Tears of the Kingdom. We have A Link Between Worlds. But like at the time, like not not so much. So, like that was a big deal. And you could even argue like Spirit Tracks is like the third sequel to that, even though it's yep. you know it's kind of its own thing. But yeah. like I, I think that this game really cemented itself and as like a not an alternative, but like a different style of Zelda that that's gonna stick around. 
Yeah, I would agree. And, like, as you were saying that, I was thinking of, like, okay, so they continued on with Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks had the same art style, same link. Well, different link in Spirit Tracks, but you know what I mean. Um, but also, like, I, I feel like it also paved the way for games like the Four Swords games and, like, um, uh, Minish Cap, like, how the style was, I would say. Mm. You know, like... They are obviously aren't the exact same style, but they just they look very similar. So maybe like it really paved the way for stuff like that. And it might be cool to like revisit that in the future. Like now that we're kind of done. Well, I, God, I hope we're done with this like Breath of the Wild <laughs> kind of era. Like yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be such a bad thing to kind of take a step back and remember like the successes that have ha had like we've had in the Zelda series and maybe bring some of those elements back and maybe bring back a uh, maybe a new tune link but like kind of drawn from that art style yeah i think like i i think that it would be very interesting but i like i also think too is like i think people want that that graphical style like i think they want like games that show like the the tune link aesthetic because i think like it, like, I think everybody really liked it. Like, and I think it really fit. And I think that when you went, like, it, it was very jarring going from from Wind Waker to Twilight Princess. And it seems <laughs> like there was a middle ground there somewhere. But but as, as kind of, like, time goes on, I feel like I, you know, I feel like at the time, like, everyone was like, yes, Twilight Princess, this is a return to form for how the series should look. And I feel like that narrative doesn't exist anymore. And, and like, I feel I like agree. people still are just like, I love the Wind Waker. Like I, like I just, I love the way this looks. I love playing it. I love the the fluidity. Like I hope that they do another game in this style. And like, I don't know, maybe that's just my circle. But like, um, I feel like that style was just like really, really like connected with a lot of people. And you know who else it connected with as well is Nintendo. Because I feel like they Nintendo is really good at marketing like those cutesy, floofy kind of gimmicks like Kirby or like the Splatoon guys or like you know, yeah. and. Link, Ocarina of Time Link wasn't quite that. Like, he, he, he wasn't quite... He was, like, this this swordsman. A very cool swordsman, but, like, an elf. But, like, he didn't quite exactly fit alongside Kirby, alongside, you know, Mario, alongside Princess Peach. Those kind of cast of characters. And Toon Link does. Toon Link mm -hmm. fits exactly right beside, as well as Toon Zelda, as well as our boy Tingle, who got uh, a yeah. wicked makeover. Looks a little <laughs> bit less creepy. Um... <laughs> Well, he kind of looked creepy in Majora's Mask. He, yeah, he he looked yeah. really creepy. He kind of looks creepy everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the Tingle Brothers, by the way, were introduced in this game, so that's oh, yeah. talk about legacy right there. Um, yeah. But yes, so like I feel like Nintendo was just like, yeah, we we can do something with this Toon Link guy. Like we understand that, mm -hmm. and like you know, like I said, like if you were to go buy merch, I think I think there's like way more Toon Link merch out there than regular Link merch. Maybe. I would have confidently 100% said that before Breath of the Wild. Maybe, like, maybe a little bit closer now, but I, I think that's tr probably true. argue that beyond, like, just the style having a legacy is also just the change. So you have Nintendo coming into, like, the 3D world with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but then they're like, okay, let's take it a step further and continue to be different you know, and do this new art style. And of course it wasn't really quite met with the praise they probably wanted, but I think it's like made up for it since then. Mm -hmm. And then Nintendo continued to change the style. Twilight Princess, you moved to Skyward Sword, definitely looked different, very colorful, vibrant, um, but still different than like super 
hard and dark and like trying to be realistic in Twilight Princess. And then you get to um, Breath of the Wild, which I think is like a good mix of a lot of things. But I feel like what they what they're doing is they realize that changing their art style or changing how Link looks or changing how the game overall looks, but keeping like some, a lot of the same Zelda elements is working in their favor. So mm -hmm. maybe we don't necessarily need to bring back Toon Link, but like Nintendo does need to continue to be like, okay, we've done Breath of the Wild long enough. It's time to change again. And it could be yeah. like something drastic that we might not initially like, just like Wind Waker. Well, and, and I think a really good comparable is like, like remember how many people were so charmed and so excited when Link's Awakening was announced and that little toy art style was was I revealed. Had no idea it was present at that time. I mean, I was present, but not wow. Zelda present. <laughs> no, yeah, you were. I'm talking 2019. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were talking original. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm talking no, the, I remember. the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that game. I feel like I feel like that game isn't like a, a world apart from Wind Waker. Like they've got a lot of similar qualities to it and people absolutely loved it. And like, mm -hmm. I, and, and I, you know what, you're probably right. That's probably like the biggest thing about the legacy of the Wind Waker is, is I think that this game, because at the time, you know, it, se it seems like, it seems like this isn't the case because it seems like there's like this depth of history of Zelda games, but like there was only two games, 3d games before Wind Waker. Yep. And they were both like the same art style. So like, if you really want to go there, you could say like there's only one. So Wind Waker kind of showed like, you know what? Each game can have its own look. It can have its own identity. We do not have to have the exact same palette. We do not have to have the exact same, uh, you know, pixels for for every entry in the series. We can we can do like the cartoon look. We can do the super solemn, weird Tim Burton look. We can do <laughs> the pastel faded artsy look. We can do this Ghibli stuff. Like I think like that. Maybe that's the real legacy of the Wind Waker. Is like. It, it showed Nintendo that like you can you can inject this personality into this game and, and into the series and you don't just all have to follow like this one you know the the one blueprint that Ocarina of Time kind of laid out. And and hmm. in terms of gameplay, I think they they did follow that blueprint, which is probably a great idea. But like I think they really added a lot of visual spice that that obviously really connected with people and, and gave us like a, a really good variety for the series yeah. going forward. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great yeah, point. That's, that's a really good thing to come out of like Wind Waker is just this, the variety we've had since then. Um, and so, of course, in, in 2013, Wind Waker HD comes out, which does fix a lot of things that uh, people didn't necessarily love about the Wind Waker or that didn't age well. It uh, tidied up that Triforce quest, which I, I think we could say is maybe a momentum staller, if not killer, in Wind Waker. And... Um, it introduced an item called Swift Sail, which lets you essentially change direction of the wind on, on the fly. Um, but I would have liked to see that like readily available. Like you can't miss it in that game versus like instead of like having to go to the auction site to get it. Uh, no. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I think the thing about the Wind Waker HD, obviously the, the big thing is that like how beautiful it looks. But I have yeah. to tell you, Al, in my mind, in my mind... Wind Waker always looked like that. Like it, it just always looked like so beautiful and so. I mean, yeah, I would agree, but when you do see them side by yes. side, you're like, oh, okay, it's a big yeah, it does, it's a huge difference. But like, you could obviously tell what they were going for for the time that yeah. they had, you know. But then, you know, ten years later, they were like, look, we could do this so much better. 
yeah it, i mean in my mind i picture hyrule field from ocarina of time and it's like it's like breath of the wild you're running and it's like this gorgeous vis- like vistas and, and clouds <laughs> when you go and, look at it <laughs> yeah when i go look at it, i'm like that doesn't, that doesn't look exactly oh, like that I is a very 2d tree <laughs> but i still love it by god i do yeah <laughs> and uh and and yeah hd it took me a while to play hd and i can't remember we did a show uh when would that have been must have been 2018 because that would have been 15 years right yep maybe i don't know but we we did a show and um and i played wind waker hd for the first time and i was like yeah this is awesome and uh and you'd been you'd been on me to play it for like a long time and i finally did and um and yeah i i'd actually bought an a Wii U off my buddy and he gave, he sold me the, this copy of wind waker HD as well. Nice. And so I was just like, ah, you know, I've, I've played the wind waker to death, man. Like I don't need to, you know, I don't need to play HD, but I did. And it's great. It looks fantastic. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a very, very, I, I would say in terms of like, you know, we've seen some HD like remakes and, and remasters and, or whatever term you want to use. I would say that this one probably falls in the middle to me of like, the ones that kind of seem low effort to ones that seem like really, really like big changes made. I don't know if you mm-hmm. agree with where, where would you think of the remakes that we've seen? Um, I would say it's a little bit higher just because like the graphically, it looks a lot crisper. Um, I would say they made a lot of like, they hadn't made a lot of, that was a sentence. They had to have made a lot <laughs> of um, <laughs> technical changes to, you know, better a lot of the stuff that was having a pacing issue and i think it really like helped the game a lot like i feel like a lot of people wouldn't want to go back to the gamecube version unless i don't know they had some weird reason to so i feel like they did a lot for that game honestly yeah okay yeah you might be right when i when i compared to like skyward sword skyward sword they probably just did like a a little revamp and to make it look prettier and that was it well no surprise here but i think bottom of the barrel for me is twilight princess that was just the exact same game. Um, I mean, it looked a little, it looked a little better, a little crisper, yeah. but it definitely still looked very flat. And then they added those stamps. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Um, I, I think like like Majora's Mask 3D was incredible. Ocarina, oh yeah, Ocarina of Time is those underrated. Both, it made a lot of really good changes. Yeah, those both did really well. Um, I um, obviously Ocarina or Majora's Mask kind of had to follow up Ocarina of Time yeah. 3D, so 3D, Ocarina of Time did better. But I think they both did really well. Yeah, so so if it were me, I'd, I'd probably say, like, those two are at the top. Wind Waker's in the middle. Skyward Sword, and then, like, very distantly after that is uh, is Wind Waker. Um, and I can't I can't think of any other, like, big remakes. I'm not counting Link's Awakening. Since I feel like that's, like, a whole new game almost. Okay, fair. But if it wasn't, then it would be close to the top as well. Either way, like, I feel like Wind Waker HD was, was uh, just, like, a really nice way to like make it even easier for people to to fall in love with this game mm-hmm. um so yeah now and and of course al you you're speed running this game for a little bit right yeah, yeah. yeah. how did that start uh, it started because of the marathon really <laughs> although i guess you could say that when we were doing the 20 minute demo with my brothers it may have started yeah. back then <laughs> But really, the marathon um, kind of got me into speedrunning my very first year. And then the second year, I was like, heck yeah, I got this. I can speedrun. And then after that, I was like, I don't really, I don't know if I really like speedrunning. <laughs> so there was wow. a point where I was speedrunning this game. But it's really hard on 
speedrunning takes a lot of time and a lot of replays and a lot of like movement and I don't have that capacity in me that energy I just can't do it especially when the game is like six hours five six hours I mm-hmm. can't do it Breath right. of the Wild maybe that's two and a half hours but it's long okay well in in closing of our retrospective here honoring 20 years of the Wind Waker, I have I have two questions. And uh, after we're done those two questions, we can talk about anything you want. Uh, any other final pieces of uh, memories, anything like that. But um, my first question, I guess, is like, where, where does this game sit on your list of like your absolute favorite Zelda games? Listen, in 2022, it was number five. And... I think it stayed up there for a long time. Number four, number four, number uh, four. It was four or five for the last six years. Right. So there's that. I don't know where it's going to be after tears. I still have some processing to do. I feel like that game came through like a wrench in my whole list and my list went like, like that. So we shall see for 2023, but... For the longest time, it was number four, number five on my list. Um, you know what? I, I'm a little bit embarrassed here because I ranked it. I ranked it as my 12th favorite Zelda game uh, for best Zelda ever 2022. And and I'm looking at the, the list of games ahead of it that I put. And I think that maybe, maybe I could say like, ah, you know... Does Cadence of Hyrule really need to be above Wind Waker? Probably not, although I really did enjoy it. So, like, I'm, I'm looking at the games that I put above it, and I don't think that I made, like, any big mistakes, you know, putting putting some of the games above it that I did. I guess, so I would say that, like, I think Wind Waker is, like, like a 9 out of 10 Zelda game. It does so much well. There's mm-hmm. a few things that I don't love, but, like, it, it, really, it really is, like, a really high-quality, polished experience that... That I well, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Zelda game. I I still really really enjoy it. And I guess looking at my list, like seeing a game of this quality that low, it's just kind of like this series really is like incredible. Like the the amount yeah. of like quality releases that in this in this series is staggering. And you could put yeah. that up against any series in the history of video games, and you're probably going to come out on top with how mm-hmm. exceptional the the depth of releases is. And, um, so yeah, I, I think like Wind Waker to me is like a really solid upper card Zelda game, uh, like a, an upper mid card Zelda game, you know, to use a wrestling term. Um, <laughs> and then I guess my, my second question to follow up on that is like, what is your favorite memory of playing the Wind Waker? I feel, I feel like it had to be the two two I mentioned on this episode is like the 20 minute demo with my brothers was a lot of fun. Maybe we didn't love it as much as like we would have later um, playing the game later, but it was still like a lot of fun because it followed like really good memories that I have of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And then just picking it back up and having it like help reignite my love for the series. Hmm. I would say those two memories. Um, Yeah, I I would say, like the the first time I played it, I like I said I wasn't like blown blown out of the water. Heyo, pun intended. <laughs> like I I I thought that this was going to be an amazing game, and it was an amazing game. And so even that, I was just kind of like, all right, awesome. Like now I can say with confidence to these Xbox guys on GameCube Land and GameFAQs, 
this game does rock. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not for kids. It's wicked. And as, as lame as that sounds, I remember being like very satisfied with that. And then I would I, honestly, I would say playing, uh, playing Wind Waker HD for the first time. I, I thought that like mm-hmm. it had been, it had been a minute since I played Wind Waker and just hearing that title theme, just, uh, you know, that the happy ability just, just washed <laughs> over me. And it was almost yep. just like, it was, it was almost just like, wow, like this is, it was like, it was like going back to somewhere that you've been a long time ago that you liked and you almost forgot how much you liked it. And you're just like, this is, this is great. Like this is Mm -hmm. something that I really love. Yeah. Yeah. So those moments for me, uh, definitely stick out for me for the wind waker. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years, 20 years, 20 years. Oh my gosh. Andy, are we going to be here talking about it in 25 years? I I think so. We're <laughs> we're legally contracted for another uh, eighteen months at least. So there we go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's our next big? I guess Four Swords and An- Four Swords Adventures is our next big anniversary, which Ooh. we should absolutely do a show about because that game never gets any love. Never. <laughs> yeah. And True we that I bet you that you and I could probably talk more than most about that game. So <laughs> yeah, I think so. And and we only just play like a level every. So, except you've played the whole game, but you I know have. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I've played the whole game, and I I have a lot of good thoughts about that game. And and you know that's another game where you look at the Wind Waker and you're like, wow, like this Wind Waker yep. really has its claws everywhere. It, it really its influence yeah, like is is yeah. everywhere. Um, because yeah. that game in particular, like I think one of the best parts of that game is fighting the the Helmarok King in in the levels. Oh, like, I was gonna say Phantom Ganon, which is the same well, Phantom okay. Ganon as Wind Waker. Is sick. I love that battle. I love that Phantom Ganon. It's my favorite. Well, that's hard to say. Ocarina of Time has a really good one. Anyways, it does have a good one. You know what? Yeah. Uh, even if even like Tears of the Kingdom has a has a sick. That's okay Phantom. compared. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I really love the Helmarok King. I think it's like, it's such a great example of like what Four Swords Adventures can do. And like, mm-hmm. but like with tying into like the classic 2D gameplay while tying into the Wind Waker aesthetic, it really is a, an exceptional game mm-hmm. um, that the Wind Waker had no small part in influencing. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the Wind Waker. That's our memories. That's our thoughts, our recollections. And I really like kind of these episodes where we just get to talk about what we remember and what we recall yeah, and how too. we grew up with, with this game. And it's always I'm really I'm going to go fun. down and to my, to my brother downstairs and be like, remember when we played the demo for Wind Waker? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wish GameCube Land was still around. GameFAQs is still around. I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I can log into my account and see if it's still... I think my original email, I might have to, I might have to find the password to you smelt it, you dealt it at hotmail.com in order to get into that. So I don't know if that's going to work or not, but you know, the best, the best thing about that too, is when I was making that email, when I was 12 years old, I spelt dealt wrong. D E L T. Whoops. I love it. I love it. My my ten year old, twelve year old email was sweet frog ninety three, but I spelled sweet wrong. My mom had to fix it for me before it was sweat frog. <laughs> okay, I got hold on, I gotta tell you a story. I don't know if Sam is still watching us on stream, but so the other day she's uh, oh, she she has an email like that too, like one that she made when she was like a kid or whatever. But it's still active and she uses it for like like spam email so like for example if you want to get like a a discount code and you need to sign up for an email she just fires off this email so yeah she was was trying to like cancel something and 
this she has this lady on speakerphone and this lady's like um what's the email associated with it and sam like just stops she's like uh canadian soccer b-a-b-e at <laughs> it was like oh man i love it i love it <laughs> all right now i need everybody to go to discord and twitter and tell us what their old silly 10 yes. year old emails were <laughs> yes yeah, nothing. You you smelt it, you dealt it at hotmail.com. Uh, okay, well, yeah, I had a great time talking about the Wind Waker. There's going to be Wind Waker content coming out all week. The the YouTube guys, uh, I I have a I I know what they're doing. I don't know if I want to give it away yet because it's no, don't because what if they don't do it? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we should know that <laughs> lesson. I think I think they're in it though. I think they're gonna do it. So I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be a tier for us, unlike anything you've ever seen and of course there's probably there's going to be uh, i'm sure a, a plethora of of great editorials uh coming out this is going to be my first themed week since stepping down as editor-in-chief so i'm kind of excited Ooh, yeah. just to like see just it be an outsider on it yeah 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 outsider like, looking in before these weeks were like almost kind of stressful sometimes and now it's just like i can't wait to just read what other people have wrote so it's going to be yeah. It's going to be great, and uh, and it's going to go all week long. So starting today, you can check out ZeldaDungeon.net for um, for a bunch of Wind Waker reflections, much like this. So a bunch of different uh, analytical pieces, uh, memories, and, and other fun stuff like that. So so check that out. I love it. Um, we're going to be talking music next week with Mr. Doominal Crossing from the Omega Metroid podcast. And then, then we're going to deliver on what we promised. Are we, though? Oh, will we? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? So it, it kind of worked out because if things would have been different, then we wouldn't have been able to do that in two weeks because we would have been at PAX. But uh, yep. unfortunately, we unfortunately, we had made plans to go out. to PAX and uh, it didn't quite work out this year just due to travel reasons. But we're, mm-hmm. we're hoping to be there next year. Um, anyways, yep. so so yeah, that's what we got going on in two weeks time. Al, any any final thoughts on the Wind Waker before we jam on out of here? You know what? If you haven't played Wind Waker yet, I know we have a few people in our our Discord that have popped up recently who are still kind of new to the series. I would highly suggest it. It's a very like you may like feel put off by it, but definitely play it. It's such a fun game. If this episode doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. I wonder at this point, like, it's, I almost like hesitate because like if you're gonna play Wind Waker, you should absolutely play Wind Waker HD. HD, yes. But I can't in good conscience recommend to anyone that they go get a Wii U if they don't have one. So, like, Nintendo, let's get that game on the Switch here, pal. Yeah, come on. True, true, true. What true, are we doing? Um, it, <laughs> you know what? It's going to come out at some point, like, eventually. It will. And uh, you should oh, absolutely yeah. buy it. I mean, now that we're thinking that the Switch is going to be done probably by late next year. It might come out on the Switch, too. And that's fine. Maybe, okay. maybe it comes out on NSO as, like, a... A downloadable game hey, that you can buy, just like, like Pikmin. Like you download stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's a, you know what, whatever the case is, you should absolutely. If you've never played it, if it's been a long time, I encourage you to go play Wind Waker. It's got a vibe unlike anything else in the series, and mm-hmm. I think for that alone, it is worth celebrating and worth honoring. Which I hope that we've done a good job of doing here today. So that being said, we are going to uh, we are going to get out of here. We're back on our Tears of the Kingdom grind next week. We're talking music the week after. We're talking story, and then I don't know if we've mapped out anything beyond that. So we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's uh, 
that's it. That's that's all she wrote for this week. Uh, we're going to jam out of here. You can check us out over on Twitter at the ZeldaCast, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha. Uh, we would love if you drop us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, five stars would be sweet. Uh, and, of course, like and subscribe while you're there. Recommend us to a Zelda fan in your life. And, hey, if you are able and willing to support the show on Patreon, we got a whole bunch of bonus episodes that are uh, coming out. We just recorded our second episode of the ZeldaCast Top 10s, which is a lot of fun. So that's going to be uh, rolling over, obviously, of course, into the months to come. So if you can't get enough of this show and you want to support us, that's the best way to do so. And you get some extra bonus content as well. Uh, hey, and while I'm plugging stuff, you can pick up a t-shirt as well. Go and uh, go and rep your ZeldaCast love uh, to, to the world. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening. Hope everybody uh, can, can have a, a moment to go play The Wind Waker again. And we will see you guys back here next week. Take care, everybody.